Can you imagine your life where money is your friend, working with you to achieve all your dreams and desires? If you struggle seeing money as your friend, then join Kathy Cook Noble, financial advisor and educator on understanding how your money can work for you. It is possible. Now, here is Financially Speaking with Kathy Cook Noble. Good afternoon and welcome to Financially Speaking. This is Kathy Cook Noble and you are listening to the Inspired Choices Network. And we here at the network, it's, uh, it's exciting because we're right around uh, International Women's Day and it's a very uh, women empowering network. Although we do have uh, great men that are part of the program and great listeners that are men, but it's exciting because we have uh, so many wonderful and empowering women. And I encourage everyone that's listening to really take some time and check out some of the other because they're really, they can be very life changing for you. And there's all kinds of variety of topics that we take on and there's, there's parenthood and children and belongingness and being part of a community and being part of uh, different energy work and all talk, talks about all kinds of things that are out there. So we, we cover a lot of topics. I am the one that gets to cover the finance, though, which is kind of fun. And I know everybody out there, the other hosts, are probably a little bit jealous because I have a finance topic, but that's that's okay. And uh, we talk here on Financially Speaking about financial topics and uh, information, really, that surrounds money because that seems to be one of those taboo topics we talk about that in our in our families or close circles. We, we tend to avoid talking about money even more, I think, than we end up, we avoid talking about politics and religion. So in in the North American uh, culture, those are topics that are very taboo to talk about. And uh, I think that's too bad because they're probably, uh, the for sure, the financial part is the most fun uh, to talk about because there's so much money out there in the world. And look about it, uh, as I, I do quite often, to be honest, <laughs> I, it's overwhelming because I think, well, how much out there? And there's so much opportunity and and even people that don't have a lot of money and they, they are very focused on uh, the money that they don't have. When you start to focus, and this is uh, this is more under Christine's show with the Inspired Choices Network, but she talks about the laws of attraction and the universe and how things work um, and also with, with Deborah Unipan's show for sure. So you'll learn more about that. That's their areas of specialty for sure. But uh, when you think about how much money there is out there, and just when you, even when you turn on the TV and you start talking about, you know, the richest man in the world right now is Jeff Bezos, and he's the founder of Amazon, and, and we've all either heard of Amazon or shopped on Amazon. And if we're totally honest with ourselves, we shopped on Amazon a lot. Like, we're pretty comfortable with uh, Jeff Bezos' company of Amazon. And you think about the hundreds of billions of dollars that he's with. Like, he himself is worth a hundred and roughly... 170 to 180 billion dollars and that's so much money but that's only one person that has it and there's lots of people out there that have lots and lots of money so I always am overwhelmed to say there's so much money out there there's trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars and it's there for you and me and and Jeff Bezos and everybody else and it's just up to you to seize the opportunity and and go take it so and by take it I mean in a completely legal and healthy way by the way I don't mean just go steal it go go take advantage of opportunities that will pay you and take advantage of um, starting your own business if that's what you want to do take advantage of the job or the promotion if you really want to take a, advantage of buying something on what you're watching for and, and being really careful with your money because at the end of the day what really 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 matters is how much you keep so not how much you make. And this is where people get confused because you see these celebrities out there and these athletes that have gone bankrupt and you think, how can you go bankrupt when you have made millions and millions of dollars? Because they're not good with their money. So again, we're, we're all the same in this world when it comes to our opportunities that we have and our ability to handle things the way that, in a healthy way that's for us. So just because they make millions and millions of dollars doesn't mean they don't go bankrupt and don't handle their money well either. You could make $20,000 a year, or you can make $20 million a year. The person with $20,000 a year could be better with their money and at the end being being frugal and conservative and taking care of themselves and being aware of their, their pennies. They, although in Canada we don't have pennies anymore, but that's, that's kind of a fun trivia piece if you didn't know. Uh, you just watch those pennies and 
you're you're going to end up in a much better position. Or you take that guy or girl that has the $20 million who spends and spends and spends and doesn't keep track of anything, and then next thing you know, they haven't paid their tax, which we're going to talk about, and they own the IRS in the States or Canada Revenue Agency in Canada, uh, tons and tons of money, and then bankrupt. So Willie Nelson's a good example of that. That was very highly publicized. He owed a lot of money to the IRS in the United States. And, I mean, anybody that's been around and knows anything is that Willie Nelson's been around a really long time, and he's handled a lot of money. So it's really, really important when we talk about money, just focus on your own stuff. Don't worry about what everybody else is doing. Don't worry about what everybody else is making or not making or you think they're doing or think they're not doing. And don't worry what they're posting on Facebook because a lot of that stuff is not real anyway. Um, in, in the sense that it doesn't give you the whole picture. So when I say it's not real, I mean, obviously it's a picture of them on vacation, but that doesn't give you a full picture of what their finances are. So they could be on vacation and they took out a loan, they cashed in their retirement plan, they have it on credit, they are borrowing money from family. Who knows? It's on a line of credit. You don't know what the situation is. So don't look at that stuff and compare it to yourself because it's not you and you don't have full information. So that's the biggest piece of information I think that people need to get comfortable with when it comes to money. And that's why we do this show, financially speaking, so that we can uh, be something of a mythbusters in finance and also a little bit to easier education. So and I hate to use the word education because everybody thinks it's going to have a test and an exam at the end of it. It's not that kind of education. This is the fun stuff where you get to learn about you and apply it to you and make you better and your family better and, and uh, really move your family and your goals along because that's what it's all about at the end of the day anyway it's all about you and about me now because we talked about you let me tell you about me uh i've been a financial advisor and i have a bookkeeping business as well so i have a full finance practice here in canada and we handle our clients the same way as we talk on the show we talk in plain language we break it down we want everybody to understand their finances because i can assure you that you are capable of understanding your own stuff. You have to understand what Jeff Bezos or Warren Buffett is doing. You have to understand what you are doing. And you have to understand how you're going to get there. So if you want to go the way of being like a Jeff Bezos, well, that's fine too. We put a plan in place for that. But if you just want to be making a comfortable living for yourself and your plan is to travel once or twice a year and maybe buy a motorhome, uh, that's that's totally doable and totally exciting to see people get their plans in place and you don't have to worry about or not you own a yacht and three houses and six planes and all that unless that's what you really want to do so that's where people get caught up quite honestly is they get caught up in all that other stuff I like to call it because it really doesn't matter at the end of the day what matters is how you do and how happy you are and that's something we use money for so money is not your uh, center of the universe money is just a tool like anything else out there where we get to be happy, we use it to buy stuff, to go places, to eat food. That's really what money is. And that's part of the mindset of money is when you stop giving it power over you and think you're controlled by it, because the reality is you control it. And it has no feelings. And it's not thinking about you at night. And it's not worried about you when you're not feeling well. It's not worried about you if you're making money. It's not worried about if you're not making money. It's out there, just sitting there waiting for you to come get it if you want it. So that's the way we handle our practice and that's the the way we help uh different people. We comfortable get the we get them comfortable with their money, we get them on a plan and we help them save for the future and have the future that they want because I think that's important. So that's a little bit about financially speaking. Um then I'm gonna do a shameless plug because I I know Christine will be okay with it. Christine is our uh the owner of the network and our mentor and uh, keeps us in line and everything, but uh, she'll be okay with it because uh, she's part of it. I uh, just had my book published, <clears throat> and it was it's now available on Amazon, and Christine was one of my reviewers for it. She was kind enough to review it, and she gave me the thumbs up, so I think she'll be okay for a shameless plug. Uh, the book is written more for women, but there's certainly nothing in there that a man wouldn't be happy to understand and read and learn from. It's not written in a way that only a woman can, underst- woman can understand it, but um, the book is all women use the F word, a guide to uh, a guide to loving your finances, and it is available on Amazon. And I'm kind of excited about it because it took it's a labor of love, as anybody knows that writes a book. It takes a while, and 
then you get nervous about releasing it. And I held it up for a little, bo- a little bit because it's kind of a part of you. And then I realized that you have to put it out there because there's information in there that I know can help people. And uh, I really like to see people do well. And I like to see people be successful. That's kind of my excitement and my high when I see people that are, are doing well and being successful and enjoying their life. So that's it for my shameless plug. So let's talk today about two things that we know are guaranteed. And those things are in taxes. And I know people have heard that saying for many, many, many years. But did you ever wonder where the saying came from or what the actual saying was? So it's a quote. And it says, our new constitution is now established and has an appearance that promises permanency. But in this world, nothing certain except death and taxes. That is the actual quote. And it was written in a letter to Jean-Baptiste Leroy, Leroy uh, in 1789. And do you know who wrote it? This is a great trivia question. Benjamin Franklin. So Benjamin Franklin is the one that said the only thing that he's the first one that has written it out in a mental type way to say it. But the original phrase came from Daniel Defoe in the book, The Political History of the Devil. And he said, and it was in 1726, which was just a little bit before Benjamin Franklin, he said that things as certain as death and taxes can be more firmly believed. So we probably don't know Daniel Defoe as well as we do Franklin. But then when we go back even a tiny bit further to 1716, so just 10 years before Daniel Defoe and Cobbler of, of Preston, this is by Christopher Bullock, who we probably don't know. Uh, it says, "'Tis impossible to be sure of anything but death taxes." So way back to 1716 is really where it started. But usually from uh, Benjamin Franklin is when we really start to, to talk about it because he talking about it in the Constitution stuff. Uh, which is cool, but uh, really the original was Christopher Bullock in 1716. That's as far back as recorded as we have it. So that is where that quote comes from. And today, that is what we're going to talk about, our certainty of death and taxes. And it's not a a morbid conversation. It can be depressing, but it's not morbid. And it's, again, everything in life is how you look at it. So we all know, I'm not, I'm, there's no uh, spoiler alert happening here. We all know that we don't get out of this life alive that at some point we all have to face the light, whatever light that is that you think or you believe in, and we have to deal with the stuff that we accumulated while we're here. And yes, you all have stuff. It doesn't matter if it's a lot or a little. You all have stuff. You all have people. You all have stuff. So that's what we have to deal with. Now, while we're alive, we still have to deal with all our stuff. So that's the kind of thing that we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about taxes, and we're going to talk about what they are, how we got them, why we have what they're supposed to do for us. Uh, And I say supposed to because some people don't believe that that's really what happens. Um, But we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then we're going to talk a bit about what happens at death because guess what you get? Guess what happens? The funny thing is the only thing we're certain of is death and taxes. We're also certain of being taxed at death. So they go together really well. So we're going to talk about that today and why it's so important to have your estate in line and organized because we own estate. If you rent an apartment and only have a bed and a chair in there and a cat, you have an estate. What happens to your bed, your chair, and your cat? So everything that you have is considered your estate, and that's what we're going to talk about. So that's what we're going to do today. We're always happy to have people write in or call in, and it doesn't have to be during the show. Like You're welcome to email or log in and, and send me questions, and I'm happy to talk to you about any of those. So you can find us on the InSpaces Network. I'll always uh, check in there. And you can always check into our switchboard so you can listen to the show and watch what's being, the questions that are coming in. And just ask your questions because everybody that you talk to has a question, but sometimes they're afraid to ask it. So that's what this show is about. This, what this, that's what this network is about, is having people comfortable with um, all their stuff and what they're doing. So we're coming up to our first break for tonight. We're going to take our break and come back and talk about taxes. You are listening to Financially Speaking Health, Kathy Cook-Noble on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we're going to continue to talk about death and taxes. We're going to make it fun. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television. 
and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the Inspired Choices Network, and I am Kathy Cook-Noble, and this is our show, Financially Speaking. Before we went to our break, we started talking about death and taxes because those are two things that we always have known are guaranteed for us in life. So let's talk about this guarantee that we know we're going to get and how that's going to impact us and our family and our estate. And I just, on a side note, I think it's so ironic that People are always afraid to talk about money and people get all kind of wigged out a little bit when you talk about death. And I'm like, okay, those are the things that are guaranteed that we're going to have happening. It's like taxes on a regular basis and death is going to happen for most of us once and you're going to be taxed on that. So let's just deal with it. So let's start from the beginning. What happened? Where did this thing called tax come from? Well, taxation... Uh, in the United States, start there. We'll start in the United States, and we'll talk about the U.S. and Canada. So, what happened in about 17, 1760s? It was leading up to the American Revolution, and there was an independent nation that collected taxes on imports, and these are what we now know as tariffs. And it was for whiskey, and for a little while, it was on glass windows. And there's different levels of taxes, and I'm sure you all see this when you pay your income tax, when you go buy gasoline, when you go buy clothes, when you go buy shoes, when you go buy dog food, when you buy plane tickets, you see all these different levels. So there's the federal level, and we have that both of, everybody has the federal level. And then you have, in our case in Canada, you have the provincial to the state level in the United States. And then you have the local level in the U.S., which would be our local level is the municipalities. So we all have three different levels of tax, which means you can be taxed in th- from three different bodies of the government. Isn't that exciting? And then what happened in history was they introduced, uh, the United States introduced this thing called income tax briefly, briefly, during the Civil War and the 1890s. And it was just, it's a temporary thing, right? This income tax thing, you probably never heard of it. And I totally am joking when I say that because in 1913, the 16th Amendment in the United States was ratified and that permanently made income tax legal in the United States. So what was meant to be temporary actually became permanent in uh, 1913 in the United States. So something similar happened here in Canada. And what happened was that in 1917, Income tax was imposed for the very first time, and it was a temporary war measure for World War One. So what happened was there was this income there was the Income War Tax Act that was imposed, and these provisions were effective uh, on actually September 20th, 1917, for the trivia, and it was a four percent that was implemented on all income of single men who made over two thousand dollars. And the other, for everybody else, the personal exemption was 3000 So what happened in Canada was the annual income for basically $6,000, the tax rate ranged from 2 to 25%. Because what, in fact, happened, only 
two to eight percent of the people had to file tax returns during this time. So in 1934 in Canada, there was 199,000 people that paid income tax, which was just under two percent of the entire population of Canada. And in 1948, we were a little bit later coming to the, the tax table as the U.S., but in 1948, the income tax was passed, and it was similar to the Income War Tax Act, but uh, the document was twice the size. They introduced 10 different levels of tax brackets, which ranged from 15% to 84%. And yes, I said 84%. So, and far more people were paying. So can you imagine if you made $100 you paid 84 cents to the government. Mind-blowing. If you fell into that income tax bracket. Like, that's just mind-blowing. So, anyway, that's how we start with all these income tax brackets. Now, this was meant to be temporary. But now we all know that it's very, very, very permanent. So, a big reform in Canada came in 1962, which was the Royal Commission of Taxes under Kenneth Carter, which is the, now was known as the Carter Commission here. And it was <clears throat> redo or renegotiate the terms, I suppose, of the original act. So this is how recent it is, though. The the budget that they addressed was June 18, 1970. Like, it's not that long ago. And they, they did uh, Bill C-259, which amended the Income Tax Act. So what happened January 1st, 1972, is it came into effect. And the bracket peaked at 14 different ranges in 1973, and the range went from 4.58% to 61.34%. And now, at this point, 7% of the population are paying taxes, so more people are paying taxes. Now, the brackets went from 15 to 84, roughly 5 to 61. So, I mean, the lower bracket went down, and the higher bracket came down, but 61%. Like, And that's really the history of taxes. It was meant to be temporary, and that became quite permanent, as we all know. And it became permanent in the point where it's not optional. It's now required. And it's required at the rate that it's set by the government. So don't get to say, well, you know what? I feel like I could pay 20%. I'll pay 20% when the reality is you're in the 30% category. So it is set based on your taxes. Now, we have since modified our income tax acts in both countries and have made it extremely complicated and everybody puts their stamp on it and you have these if you have if you have certain conditions that you meet then you get a deduction if you have um if you hit a certain threshold then you move to a different category and there's all kinds of deductions and things that get added in and healthcare all part of it so anyway that is the history of how we came to be paying taxes so what do we do about this we all have to pay what are the tax brackets now? Well, let's see. In the United States, you range from about 10% to 37%. So if you are in an income bracket where you make $0 to about $9,525, so $1,525, you're about 10%. If you go from 95.26 up to about $3,700, you make, um, you pay about 12%. So, and you move in margins and these marginal tax rates. So you pay this much at this level, and then you move into another bracket, and then that money now becomes payable at the, the new level. And then you move into another, well, made more money. Okay, so I'm going to go from that extra dollar of 38700 I'm going to make 38101 up to 82500 That's going to move me into 22%. And then I'm going to go from 82501 to 157000 That moves you into 24%. And if you add one more dollar... So 1,500, 1,507, or sorry, $1,057, $501 to 200,000, that's your 32% tax bracket. And then $200,001 to 500,000 is 35. And then over 500,001 is 37%. So that's the United States tax bracket. Canada is similar, only we get more. So you are, you have a personal exemption, which means if you make less, then $11,474, and these are not current for 2019. These are 2018. It was a federal one for the but I only have um, mine's a year old for the Canadian one. So if you make uh, $11,474, you're not taxable, which kind of makes sense. 
if you make $11,475, $1 more, up to $18,451, you're at 15%. If you make $1 more, then you go up to $45,282, you're in the 25% bracket. And then you know how it works, you add that extra dollar, you move up to another bracket to a max of 90563 That's 30.5%. If you make $90,564, one dollar more, up to $125,000, you are in the 36% bracket. Get extra dollar moves up to the new bracket to a max of $140,088, that's 39%. And then you got it, the new bracket up from that, up to a max of 150 is 41%. Then you move up to a max of 200000 that's 42%. Then you got one more level of $200,001 to $300,000, that's 47, and then over 48%. So if you earned, for example, which is an average income in Canada, in 2016, $50,000, if that's what you earned, then you would be at 30.5% marginal tax bracket. You would pay 30.5% of any additional dollar you made to the federal government. So if you earn 100000 you would be in the 36% marginal. So you move up in the marginal tax bracket every extra dollar. So you pay 25% on the first 45,282, then you pay 5% up to the next 90,563, then you pay 36 up to 120. Like it's complicated, right? And you have to make sure that when you're posting your numbers into your tax return that you're getting the numbers correct and you're making sure you're getting the exemptions you need and everything else. So this is really why you see people like accountants. This is what they study. That's all they, that there's tax, there's accountants and there's bookkeepers like me in my finance practice, for example. Like I'm, I would be a bookkeeper and the people that work with me are bookkeepers. We're not certified accountants. A lot of the companies we work with, we do the bookkeeping and then we send it over to the accountant. And then there's your regular accountant, just like your doctor, there's your general doctor, and then there's your specialist. And the specialist in accounting is taxes because it's, can be very, very creative. And that's what these guys do all day, every day. Can you imagine that kind of excitement where you're just reading all the Income Tax Act and anything new that changes and you're looking to see how things fit together? So that's really, when it comes to taxes, you really got to know what you're doing as far as who you're getting to do your bookkeeping, who you're getting to do your taxes. Because at the end of the day, you may have a chartered accountant who specializes in taxes, at RevCan CRA, Rev, which is Canadian Revenue Agency, and the IRS, they will tell you it's your name that's at the bottom of that document. That's why it's important you understand it. You are ultimately and always responsible for your stuff. And that is why you really, really, really need to understand it. You don't have to understand the Income Tax Act in detail. You don't have to understand the language in full. You just need to understand your stuff and how it relates to you and make sure that you're comfortable understanding it. Because if anything were to be done mistaken, you have to fix it and you're responsible for it. So that's the other reason why um, in my practice, I, I'm a firm believer in two sets of eyes. And by that, I mean, we do, we will do the bookkeeping and, and we do some of the, in our, in where I am in Ontario, there's something called HST, which is the harmonized sales tax. And that's payable on the provincial side um, of the, of our taxes. So it's, it's kind of, it'd be like your sales tax in the United States, or your state tax. And we'll submit that and we do that stuff for businesses and so forth. But when it comes to your individual tax return, corporate tax returns, I think it's really important to have somebody else look at it. Because if I miss something or I forget something or I'm not aware of a change in something and vice versa, if the accountant misses something or think of something or forgot something existed, then you've got somebody else looking at it to say, hey, what about this? What about that? Did we remember to do this? So it's just a little bit more, uh, I don't want to say foolproof, but it's a little, so, and it's the same in the United States. Get somebody, if you're business and they're doing your books, have your bookkeeper do that stuff and then have your accountant uh, make sure that they look at it and they file the taxes for you. So it's important to have two sets of eyes in my opinion, just because of the complication that you can have with taxes in business. Now with individuals, you have a tax preparer if you're going to do it yourself, which you can, you can file your taxes. There's no law that says you can't file your own taxes. Just be aware of the different um, categories and the different deductions that you're allowed to have because they do not stay the same in time. And a lot of it can be dependent on who's in power in government. 
So with that, we are going to take our second break for tonight to continue to talk about taxes when we come back. You are listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Kugel, on the Inspired Choices Network. And when we return, we're going to continue to talk about taxes and deaths and how they fit together, because they do. We'll be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to Financially Speaking with myself, Kathy Cook-Noble, on the Inspired Choices Network. Before we went to break, we talked about the history of taxes. We talked about the different marginal tax brackets that exist in Canada and the United States and how important it is to really have a look at what you're posting and uh, what you're deducting or what you're claiming on your taxes. And, And we also talked about how you can do it yourself, and some people are very good at it, and some people, you know, spend the time and they really keep up on what they need to do. If Some people have uh, very straightforward income taxes, no business, in, and they just can go ahead and do that themselves. That's no problem. If you're a little bit more complicated or you have a few things going on, you might want to get somebody else to, to do that for you. That's why we have all kinds of different tax preparers out there and accountants and uh, that's where I think you might want to just get comfortable with somebody and make sure that they explain things to you because, like I said before, you are always ultimately responsible for your stuff when it comes to the IRS or CRA. So I'm going to just talk a little bit about Canada because uh, that's where I am, and they're all very similar. So rather than go back and forth between Canada and the United States, it's all very close. But what I want to share with you, and this is about Canada 2019. So this is four things you need to know about this tax season that we're coming up to and the season. It's called tax season and nobody looks forward to it. But the four things you want to look for is when is the deadline? So it's usually April 30th. So the majority of tax filers, I say majority, so you know what it means, there's exceptions, right? They file on April the 30th in Canada. Now if you're self-employed, you have you have until June 15th, or in this case, this year until June 17th because June 15th is a Saturday. But you have until June 15th to file your self-employed. This is for people who have their own business. Doesn't matter the size of the business. It doesn't matter um, how many how much you do in sales in your business. You're self-employed. This is how you file your taxes with yourself, and that's June 15th. Now. The thing you have to remember is just because you're filing your taxes as a self-employed person, June 15th, 
if you do your tax or your accountant does your taxes or your tax preparer, uh, because you don't have to be an accountant to do taxes, but there's lots of those companies that do taxes. Uh, whoever does your taxes and submits them, say they submit them on June 15th. If you owe money, so if it's uh, taxes that are owed on your taxes, they are still due by April 30th. So if you file your taxes on June 15th and you owe money, then you are going to pay a penalty or interest or both actually from April 30th because that's April 30th is the date when all money is owed. So your tax filing is actually due the 15th of June, but monies owed are due April 30th. So keep that in mind. If you're late, then you file a late filing penalty. And then the daily interest is calculated on whatever your tax to June 15th. You have about two months of, uh, or a month and a half, so let's say 45 days. You have 45 days that you're late, and you'll pay daily interest on the amount of taxes that are owed. So just keep that in mind. That can be very important and very costly if you owe money. So if you don't owe money, no big deal. You're just you just late getting your refund, that's all. So you'll still get it. You just didn't have it submitted on April 30th, so you'll get it, you know, the end of June probably. Uh, the earliest you can file your taxes, that CRA will start. Because you can file your taxes before April 30th. We don't all have to wait until midnight to file them then. But the earliest that they'll start to expire electronic uh, tax filing is February the 18th. So I would always get advice from the person doing your tax preparer, and you always want to ask questions about when you file. Now, why would you file early? Some people, if they think they're getting a, uh, a, a return that's going to have money coming back to them, so they're going to get money, then they'll file it early so they can get it sooner. Um, the other reason you might want to file is that you're – something's going to be going on, you're not going to be around, you can't do your taxes by April 30th, you don't want to be late, whatever the case is. Um, just make sure you check, though, because you want to make sure all your forms, and by forms in Canada, I mean your T4, which is your employment income, or your T4A, which commission income, or any of your investment income on any of your T3s. So there's all kinds of T, you know, tax bills that you get in the mail around this time of year, but probably about a month ago to now, you're starting to see them all come in. So you want to make sure you accumulate them all and you have them all reported on your tax return because if you forget to file one of your reports, your T forms, those all get filed by the, pre the preparer of them. So uh, T4 gets sent to you because you're an employee of a company and it says, you know, Jane Doe earned this amount of money this year and this is how much tax was back on her paychecks and so on and so forth. And that's that, that computer generated form that you get, the one pager, and it comes in the mail. And that, that's what comes to you. It also gets filed by your employer to CRA. So if you don't claim it, CRA is looking for it because they know the employer sent it to you. So that's why it's important if you are going to do your taxes early, you need to really be careful and make sure you have all your your because they're going to be filed with CRA. And if you don't claim one, then you're still responsible for it. Now, that doesn't mean you couldn't do an adjustment to your taxes or things to that effect, but it could it will cost you more money because you have to change your tax return. And if you're late in doing it, you're going to pay the interest on it and you might pay a penalty. So just when you're thinking about the date, just be careful. If you want to file early, just know these cautions. Now, if you're going to wait till April 30th, then, or thereabouts, your tax filer, you're going to do it, make sure you have it on time. Don't wait until 11.59 p.m. On April 30th, there's no advantage to that. There's no benefit. You don't win a prize if you can get close midnight on the 30th. In fact, you risk it going over or having a problem if your computer crashes and you're uploading it electronically. Make sure that you're very aware and very um, focused on getting it in on time because that's a that's a big deal, especially if you owe money. The penalties and interest, that's a big deal. You don't, you're already paying tax. Why do you want to pay penalties and interest on it? So if you're not careful... Um, you really have people in Canada. I mean, you, you have Roth IRAs and IRAs and, and 401ks and so on in the states. It states very similar to what Canada has for RSPs, which are registered retirement savings plans, which um, also TFSAs, which are tax-free savings accounts. Those are similar to your um, Roth IRAs. But what you can do, an RSP actually will reduce the amount of tax that you pay. 
because you are investing it for your future. So you're you're not getting out of paying the tax. Just remember that. People get this confused, and I see this all the time. You're not going to be getting out of paying the tax. You're just deferring paying the tax to a later date, to the age 71, when you have to start paying the tax on it. So if you're going to invest in an RSP, you have until March 1st of this year. So obviously we've passed the deadline because, you know, we're already way past March 1st. But uh, that would actually re- have reduced uh, the amount of tax that you owe. So that what a lot of people do is they scramble January and February and they figure out if I put money in an RSP and I'll get a refund. And that's what they do. And that's why you hear people talk about RSP season. But if you're very good at planning, if you've ever, you know, you've ever talked to me ever in your life, you will know that I am a fan of doing good planning all year, not rushing at the last minute to do it. So do your planning all year. Just don't wait to the last minutes. And we talk about that all the time. Like just track your cash and mark dates on your calendar. It's so easy to do in this world of electronics where you can just post it, you know, have all your tax information together. If you're going to be doing, taking it to your accountant by April 10th, then have everything together by the 1st of April. Like just make it and make sure if you're doing, doing your taxes yourself, make sure you have giving yourself enough time because you want to make sure, for example, uh, things change. So tax breaks that you can no longer claim in uh, for students in Saskatchewan, Ontario, New Brunswick, they can't claim the provincial tax credit for the tuition expenses. And that's something that you want to be aware of because you don't want to just hit, oh, I did this last year, I'll do it the same as they, you know, I'll do that this year too. The federal tax tuition credit, however, is still alive and well. You can use it on your taxes. So you got to be careful. And students over the age of 16 who are in post-secondary, now this is in Ontario, Saskatchewan, New Brunswick, because remember we have federal, provincial, and municipal taxes. And when we file our income tax return, we're dealing with federal and um, provincial. And in the U.S., we're dealing with federal and state. So if you are over 16 and you're enrolled in post-secondary, then you can usually claim your tuition costs to help offset your tax bill. And that doesn't, you don't have to have a lot of taxes which obviously if you're a student is probably how it is, but you can carry forward credit or you can pass it on to an eligible parent like a or an eligible relative, sorry, like a parent or a grandparent who might be funding your education. So it's important for the students to know what they can claim on their taxes and ultimately who's going to get the tax break because the federal tax is 15% of your eligible tuition. So if you pay $2,000 in fees, you'd be able to claim $300 in the credit. So these are all things that you want to look at when you're doing your taxes yourself. And these are all things that your tax preparer will look at or your accountant will look at, and they will ask. So if, if you know as an accountant that you has a student in post or a child in post-secondary as a student, they will ask you about this. They will say, what do you want to do with this, in our example here, $300 tax credit? Because this student's probably not taxable, so are we going to use it towards the parents? Or are we going to use it towards the grandparents? How's that going to work? So this is all, it sounds complicated and it sounds like a lot. And I know this show, I always say, oh, it's easy to understand your stuff. And it's easy to understand your stuff. It is not easy to understand the Income Tax Act. And you don't have to understand that. You just need to know either somebody who does or you need to understand the part you're going to do yourself. So we know every year we're guaranteed taxes are due on income tax. We know when we go to the municipal level or the local level that we're going to go in and we're going to buy shoes. You're going to pay whatever your state taxes, your provincial taxes. So we know these are all guaranteed. So when we come back from our final break, we're going to talk about the death part and how that all fits in. And no, it's not the death of your money. It's look at how, although I guess it can be, right? But we're going to talk about the final part of the tax. The last and final, our third and final break. And when you come, you're listening to the Inspired Choices Network on uh, and you're listening to Financially Speaking with self, Kathy Cook-Noble. And when we return, we're going to finish our conversation about death and taxes. We will be right back. Too many of us get caught up in the unreal lives of reality television and complete to acquire stuff, which is setting us up to accumulate lots of debt. We're scared, confused, and don't know who to talk to. By tuning into Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook-Noble, you'll learn tips you can use to improve your financial health, 
which in turn can improve your overall health and make for a very happy life. Live a life you can afford and enjoy. It is possible. Listen for Financially Speaking Radio Show every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is Financially Speaking Radio Show with financial advisor and educator Kathy Cook Noble. To participate in the program, call in the U.S. 815-880-8255, Canada 613-800-8736, or Skype us at Inspired Choices Network. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email by sending to Kathy at bookkeepplus.ca. Now back to the program. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Kathy Cook-Noble, and this is Financially Speaking on the Inspired Choices Network. Before we went to our break, we were talking about taxes and how we are all going to get our taxes filed on time. And we're going to, I hope, instead of I look at them, no matter where uh, you are and what state taxes, whether they're complicated, whether they're business, whether they're individual, whether they're you're married, single, divorced, doesn't matter. Uh, I, I always think it's a good idea to have a second set of eyes unless you're super, super confident and super good at doing this and keeping up. Uh, now, the only thing we know in life that's guaranteed is death and taxes. Well, that is true. And we know that even though the tax code may change, no matter what country you're in, uh, it's still going to come due every April 30th unless they change the date. And they can do that, but for now and for a very long time, it's been April 30th. And that's when your taxes are due, except for small business or self-employed, which is which can be a small business. But uh, self-employed is, is June the 15th. But remember, money owing is always due April 30th. That's the Canadian side. Very similar on the East. So uh, let's talk about death. What happens when you die? What, what happens to our stuff? Why do we care? Well, why do we care? And this is my opinion. We care because we have spent so much time and so much energy, and we have worked really, really hard to accumulate our stuff. We have worked really hard to provide a lifestyle for us, for our families, case may be. And when you die, and this is how it works in Canada, this is how it works in the this is how it works generally, but I will tell you in Canada, this is what happens. You die without a will. It's called intestate. That means you essentially have said, I am not providing my final wishes. I am not going to give any direction or in indication whatsoever to anybody that I know or trust to handle my stuff. So instead, I'm going to ask some faceless person from the government that I don't know and I've never met to step in and deal with all my stuff. So they're going to figure out who should get what, how it should be done. Now, of course, there's there's a... There's a very cold and rigid set of processes that, that they go through because they don't know you. They don't know your wishes. They have no idea if you had a fantastic friendship or neighbor that you really want to leave your um, special tea set with or that you want to leave money to a certain charity or that you really wanted your nephew to have your car. So these are all things that this government body doesn't know about you. So what happens if you die without a will? And anyone, again, if you've ever listened to the show or if you ever talk to me, or if you read my book, I will be very, very, very adamant. Get a will. Everybody can do it. It's easy. It's easy and expensive ways to do it. And you have to have a will because the will is your last conversation, basically, with your family, your loved ones, your friends, the world. It's your last conversation to say, do this. I want this to happen. I want my local Girl Scouts to get money. I want my local hospital to get money. I want my son and my daughter. I want my niece, my nephew. I want my dog, my cat, whatever, taken care of. This is how it, your will is saying it's not morbid. It's so great and wonderful and responsible. And I just think it's one of the best things you can do for your family because they're going to be sad and they're going to mourn. So let them do that without having all the vacation and all the stress of trying to figure out what it is they should do with your stuff because the government will step in and they will decide who gets what. They will follow a process of probate that 
and you have this with your will, you go through a process of probate where they, they figure out how much is going to be paid in tax because yes, yes, you pay tax when you die, but the way you pay is all dependent on how you set things up. So people are always talking about estate tax and estate planning and how to minimize the estate tax and it's, it's probate fees that it is. And in Ontario, we have something called the estate administration tax, just to give you an idea of how it works. 1.5% of all probatable assets. So when a will is read, it goes through probate. And what that is essentially doing is it's the court reading it saying, yes, this is real, this is legitimate, this is what we're going to. And everything has to go through probate. There has to be a probatable will. So that doesn't mean you can't have more than one will, which is a whole other conversation with your estate planning people. So there's, you go through your probatable assets. And this includes your bank accounts, your mutual funds, your home, your vacation property, rental property, stocks, shares, bonds, jewelry, um, carpet, fine art, all of your stuff. You go through all this. The only thing that's exempt from this is your insurance proceedings, which don't even get me started on that because that is one of the coolest ways for us planning with using insurance. And in that you're talking, I'm talking about insurance policies with named beneficiaries, savings held and segregated trust with beneficiaries like this is, that's a whole other conversation. But for the most part, everything gets, gets recorded and then 1.5% is paid in tax and probate fees. And that's how it is. And you have to file it within a certain time. And if you don't, then you get penalized for it. So these are all things you want to do. And if you aren't keeping, if you don't have it organized when you, when you pass, then remit steps in and they do it. And it does not get done the way you want it done because they're not about, well, what would, what would Jane really want? Because they don't know you and that's not what they're looking for. So this is why it's super important in your tax planning to make sure you're thinking about, it's great to plan now. It's great to plan for next year. It's great to plan for your retirement, but let's also plan for the next generation. Let's plan for when the time comes to pass stuff down, are you going to be paying all kinds of tax? So if you have a million dollar estate and people think, oh yeah, I don't have a million dollars. But when you take the value of your house, the value of your car, any investments you have, you don't have a lot of cash right now, but you take every single thing that you own, it all gets a cash value associated with it. And that's how they figure it out. So it's really not that hard to hit half a million or a million dollars as an estate value. So my suggestion is will always get a will and keep it up to date because a will is your wish. And that's what we really want to uh, make sure everybody has their last wishes heard. So thank you all so much. I hope we're a little more comfortable with our deaths and taxes. And have a wonderful month with International Women's Day and this wonderful, empowering network. Stay tuned. Listen to lots of shows. It's really worth listening to. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you for choosing to listen to Financially Speaking Radio Show. Kathy Cook-Noble will return next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 3 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Mountain, and 1 p.m. Pacific on InspireChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by making the choices that bring you all that you